It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 487 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, April 3rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams, a bunch of baseball teams covered as well, including Locked On Blue Jays, which I believe is hosted by Ryan Andrews from Jays Journal. Uh, Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure Ryan's hosting that show right now. So if you're interested in the Blue Jays and their inability to get any hits whatsoever, please tune into Locked On Blue Jays. And if you find a show on the network... If you want to support, please subscribe to it on whichever podcast platform you use, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Himalaya, which is a brand new podcast app that we have a partnership with, with the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is great for curating your own personalized podcast playlist. It's fantastic, so make sure you're downloading Himalaya uh, if you're looking, if you're in the market for a new podcast platform. And uh, yeah, subscribe, rate, review. That's all the good stuff we ask you to do. It's very good for rankings, algorithms, all that stuff that uh, is apparently what we're supposed to ask for and, uh, and, and strive for in the podcast biz. So thank you very much uh, for doing that. All right. On today's show, there is not a ton to talk about. So I'm joined by our pal Vivek Jacob, who is fresh off of his new first day at his new job at Yahoo. Yahoo! Uh, so we're just going to talk, Vivek and I. We're going to find something to talk about for 20 minutes, and uh, it's a Choose Your Own Adventure podcast. Vivek, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How's the um, new job? Yeah, excited to get started at Yahoo. Uh, first couple of days have been a lot of, you know, kind of tedious stuff with orientation and um, getting stuff set up with IT. Um, WSIB, you have to do safety videos? Yeah, all, all, that, all that good stuff. So, Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> Haven't haven't had a chance to get to the writing side of things, uh, but hopefully we'll be there. I mean, I might actually have things set up by tonight, so uh, maybe I can write something on tonight's game. Uh, so maybe we'll see. But I mean, hopefully, uh, still slowly transitioning and enjoying. I mean, every everyone I've met so far on the team is great. Uh, it's really cool what Dan Tolman's doing over at Yahoo. So very excited to be a part of it. It is extremely cool that uh, you get to still do this podcast as well with this new job, which I'm very, very thankful for. And uh, I'm very thankful you're here today because we got some time to fill. The Raptors play the Nets tonight. I guess we can start there. You mentioned it off the top there. They play the Nets uh, at, at in Brooklyn? At home? In Brooklyn, right? I, hey, God, hey. I should know this. Uh, <laughs> hey. It is in Brooklyn, and... I don't know anything that you're looking for from this game. Anything that you're going to like be, I don't know, like upset about if something comes to pass in this game. Like aside from injury, is there anything that you know kind of is important to you? Should the Raptors be tanking this game as a way to get the the Nets up to the sixth seed to avoid the Nets? Like, what what are your kind of thoughts going into this one? 
Um, I, I'm actually curious to see how Nick Nurse uses this game. You know, will he um, hide stuff? Sort of saying, oh, you know, this might be a team that we face um, in the first round, so let's just, you know, do what we've been doing all season, maybe not show them Marhand or anything else. So will he go all in and say, okay, you know what, this is a good test for us for what's coming, um, and we're going to give ourselves a little playoff preview because obviously the Nets have a lot to play for. Um, and so that's what I'm most intrigued to see um, in terms of rotation. And I think we've seen things sort of settle down. And um, obviously, he's, I think he's done a good job with keeping the starters under 30 minutes and making sure everyone gets their run. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen the last couple of games where, you know, they've, they've been able to uh, turn things up when they want to, get, get a lead and sort of coast from there. Uh, so... Um, It'd be nice if they could do the same thing against the Nets because the Nets have been uh, doing pretty well, even even though they've been uh, handed a pretty uh, tough hand, uh, been dealt a, a tough hand. Um, I think they've sort of you know been able to stay afloat and hang on to the seven seed, um, maybe move up to six, maybe they'll drop down to eight. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it, either way, I think it, it it's an opportunity for a good test if. If Nick Nurse chooses to go that way, but even I mean, even if he chooses to sort of keep things in his pocket, um, the Raptors should be able to win this one. Even though the Nets have played the Raptors pretty well on the season, yeah, the Nets. I feel like they play everyone well just because they play that high variance style, and yep. like they have decent shooters that usually you know release some pretty good results. I still stand by the fact that I think the Nets are bullshit and <laughs> that they play. <laughs> Like a very, uh, we have to play this way because we're bad style. And I don't really, I know people like it. I know people love teams that jack up a lot of threes. I just like get guys who are good at threes and then maybe I'll care. Um, but that's a very, I probably am one of the more harsh people on the nets. I just, I don't find their style to be very endearing to me at all. And I, I, I'm just, I'm still in the same mode where I'm having a hard time getting like excited about any of these teams as first round matchups because, because just because none of them move me really, and they're all going to be four or five game series, and that's how I think the Raptors are probably looking at it, and that's how I think Raptors fans should be looking at it instead of like freaking out over, you know, which potential matchups might cause a little bit of trouble. I, I kind of think this team kind of deserves a little bit of arrogance going into the to the playoffs against whatever team they come across, and the Nets might be the team against which they deserve the most arrogance. Because I just don't think the Nets have even close to the talent that the Raps do. And it's just like, at least the Pistons, the Pistons can be like, hey, we have, you know, Blake Griffin. Maybe he can steal a game or two because he's Blake Griffin. Um, the Nets, D'Angelo Russell's not scaring me, man. I feel like that dude's going to shoot them out of a lot of games in the playoffs because he's not the most high-efficiency guy in the world. But... Uh, that's not a very fun way to t- talk about the Nets, I suppose. Uh, this is also another night where there's a potential for all four of the teams in the race to lose at the same time, so that'd be fun. The Magic host the Knicks, which in theory should be a win, but they got blown up by the Knicks a couple weeks ago, just after beating the Raptors, actually. Uh, the Pistons host the Pacers tonight. The Pacers obviously playing for home court in the first round against Boston. Uh, the Celtics themselves host, uh, are visiting the Heat, and then the Nets play the Raps, of course. So not like an easy schedule for any of these teams, except for, I guess, the Magic against the Knicks. But uh, So we should have some intrigue in that race tonight. Are you? Is there any team that you would like prefer the Raps to play for whatever reason? Like I mean, We might have talked about this last week, but... We're running out of things to talk about, man. We need the playoffs. I'm so ready for the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, nothing's changed from the last time we talked. I think I prefer uh, the Raptors to play the Nets and deal with that high variance and mm-hmm. uh, that volume of threes that I think could come against potentially, say, a Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say is the one thing I am intrigued to see at the end of the season is how high can the Raptors climb in three-point percentage? This is something that I think has been sort of a fun side thing to track um, mm-hmm. since the Gasol trade. And obviously since the Gasol trade, they've been number one in three-point percentage. Um, for those of you who don't remember, they were 23rd in the league <laughs> um, going into the trade at 34.5%. Since then, they have played 22 games and shot 41.3%, uh, <laughs> which is number one. Um, and that's lifted them all the way to seventh overall from 23rd. Um, and so now they're at 36.5%. The Celtics are in sixth at 36.6%. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would expect them to get above the Celtics. Um, but then after that, it, it can be challenging because there's only four games uh, left out, uh, on the season. And they've got the Pacers and the Kings who are in the 37 range. Mm-hmm. So they're going to need Danny Green to play and to be as lights out as he was against um, the Magic uh, to keep that trend going. Do you think they stay at 7th? Do you see them moving up a notch at all? <laughs> this is where we are in the season, John. Let's <laughs> just going to say up. that. It's like... We've run out of things to talk about to the point that we're wondering how much the Raps can pad their stats and whether they could move from 7th to 6th in 3-point percentage. <laughs> it's, uh, the season is too long. But, yeah, I think they'll move past the Celtics. And I guess the Pacers are the next team. I guess if you're looking at the like the volume the teams throw up threes with, I guess it's more likely the Raptors have like a bad game. I suppose, like, the, the Pacers really only seem to take threes that they think they can make. They only take 25.4 yeah. a game. That's eight fewer than the Raps. Um, so it feels like maybe their number's a little bit harder to knock off. Like, I don't think they're going right. to dip that much because they don't take enough threes over the course of a single game to really alter that number all that much. Mm-hmm. And maybe the Raps, because of their volume... But it could be the other side, right? Like, the Raps put up 43s in a game. They hit 21 of them, and then, boom, they're, you know, right there with the Kings and Pacers for fourth or fifth. Um, so it could happen. I mean, there's what four games left. It's not like there's a game left. There's some time here. If they continue with the run they've been on lately, I mean, my God, they've just been blistering of late. And it is really nice that positive regression to the mean is such a bitch that like it's just oh yeah, they're fine. They they were 23rd for a while. They get Gasol, and then with that in conjunction, also like Kyle gets super hot, and everyone kind of stabilizes their shooting and the Danny Green gets hot, even hotter than he's been all season. It's uh it was never really an issue. I was that concerned about the three-point shooting accuracy at least because the volume was always there and I thought the quality of the looks was kind of what you wanted more than you wanted them to actually go down mostly uh because we know that threes actually going down is kind of random and you know the the disparity between the number one and number oh god the the Suns are only hitting thirty two point eight percent of their threes so that that is a pretty big dip from them and the Spurs in first place but like 
the very best teams, like, it's, it's somewhere between 34 and 37 where everyone's at, and I think it's just volume that's the thing that you want, and the Raps have always had that, so I was never that concerned. But, um, yeah, it's uh, something to watch, I suppose. Are there any other milestones you're watching for the Raps? Like, I guess the Raps, it, it's so weird. Usually with, like, like hockey or something, right? Like, it's way easier. It's like, oh, yeah, John Tavares is going for 50 goals, and you can kind of keep an eye on that that, that stat. But is there anything that the Raps are doing milestone-wise that you're interested in? Uh, yes, in keeping with three-point percentage, um, Danny Green is second in the league um, right now, and he trails Joe Harris for the lead. Hmm. So he's got four games to get it done. Let me just break down these filters here so I can get you the numbers. Um, let's see here. Harris, 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 where are you? <laughs> Seth Curry is third, which is interesting. Okay. Uh, ahead of his brother, Steph. Um, but where are. There's the filters. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is great for the content. Absolutely very good content. Um... <laughs> I don't even. Where. The. the... The filters on NBA.com are highly annoying. Are you on NBA.com or are you on... I am on NBA.com. Do they not have have games played or, like, attempts qualifiers? There it is. Why can't I find that? I have it now. So Joe Harris is at 47.6% on the season. Okay. So this might not be possible. Um, Danny Green (laughs) is at 45.7. 45.7? Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, he's going to have to have, like, two more of those seven to ten games, plus Harris has a couple bad games. And the Raptors can have a say in that tonight. Danny Green himself can have a say in that. I, I would imagine he'll be guarding Joe Harris most of the night. Well, yes. Danny Green will definitely have a say on both ends. If he's playing, I guess. Are you are you worried about the thumb at all with him? I, I It seems fine. Like, he hit seven to ten with the thumb injury during the game. Yes. And, I think... Yeah. I think full or I think Kawhi Leonard should be a great friend and defend Joe Harris all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I guess like try to get Danny like five threes in the first quarter, have him hit them all, and then sit him if you're Nick Nurse. Yeah. So he doesn't yeah. alter the percentage too too much. Yeah. Correct. That makes sense. Um, but he's also in danger of falling down. Just... What's that? Because Seth Curry's right at forty five point one. Hmm. So Danny can't fall back. He can't dawdle. No, he certainly can't. He can't afford to be shut down by Joe Harris, that's for sure. Of course, if plus-minus were a separator, Green would have this award wrapped up. Is he leading the league in plus-minus right now? Um, Because I am in totals right now, uh, Danny Green is a plus-609 on the season. Joe Harris is a minus-79. Of course, because the Nets are garbage. (laughs) (laughs) um no but in terms of like total plus minus around the league um let's see let's see let's see games played per games totaled there we go i think i've got Uh, it so 
where Danny is third behind Giannis and Steph. Huh. Not by much, though. He can be number one in plus minus as well. He's at 609, Steph's at 616, Giannis at 627. I can't imagine Giannis is going to go minus 18 at all in the next couple games here, but if Danny puts up like a plus 30 or something in one of these games against these not very good teams, oh baby, oh baby. <laughs> Pascal is sixth. Pascal's sixth, Lowry. As it turns out when you're very good, you yeah. tend to have a lot of good plus minus players. Yep. have a bunch of the bucks in there as well. Kawhi is 20th in fewer minutes than most of these guys. So, yeah. But, yeah, Danny Green with the Patrick Patterson role of inexplicably high plus-minus guy in the Raptors. Although, I guess it's more explicable with Danny Green than it was with Patrick Patterson. <laughs> um, yeah, interestingly, Kyle Lowry has crossed Danny Green in the per game uh, plus-minus. He's a plus 8.1, and Danny Green is a plus 8. This doesn't really shock me because Kyle Lowry is a god king and is amazing at Correct. plus minus. Um, <laughs> boy, this podcast is loaded with stuff. Uh, actually, I have an interesting question I want to throw to you on the other side. But first, we're going to get to a break. And I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that is Wise. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all. Wise is packed with premium features that allows you, to see, allows you to see everything from anywhere inside your house for only $20. 1080p, full HD, images so clear you won't miss a thing, night vision, and two-way audio, you get it all with WiseCam. Wise's mission is to bring amazing smart home products into every single home, make it accessible to everyone. Check on your home anytime with Wise's app's live stream. Connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus live stream with eight times digital zoom and also with no subscriptions required you get a free rolling 14 day cloud storage with your wise so you can go back and check out anything that you've come across in your home you want to go double check what your kids were doing last tuesday you could absolutely do that with the free 14 day rolling cloud storage and it all works with your mobile device say you are at home because you want to or say you're not at home but you want to keep an eye on your kids or you want to Put a camera next to your bird feeder and watch some birds come in because that's nice. Or you want to watch over your water softener to know when you need more salt. Make sure you have your wise set up and it's the best way to do that. You can do it from anywhere once again. Mobile is, it's available anywhere to you. You want more, they got that too. For just $10 more, WiseCam Pan gives you 360 degree coverage in under three seconds. Life moves fast, your camera should too. It's got 110 degree per second rotation speed, 360 degree horizontal range and a 93 degree vertical range. You can patrol your room with Pan Scan. Set the camera's patrol route with up to four custom waypoints, and you can track the action with WiseCam Pan, automatically detecting, tagging, and tracking motion within its field of view. Keeping up with life in real time has never been so easy, and you can use it with your smart speakers. I'm not going to say the name of my smart speaker because she's sitting right next to me, but it works with that smart speaker who I've accidentally turned on a few times on this podcast before. Also, free rolling 14-day cloud storage. Don't forget that. It is a fantastic feature, and with no subscriptions required, it is so, so worth it. And it also, once again, works anywhere with your phone. You can be at the office, you can be on vacation, you can check in on what's going on in your house with the WiseCam live stream app. Go to wise.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price. That is wise.com, W-Y-Z-E.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price on WiseCam. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's, uh, I have a question for you, Vivek. How, Ask away. How confident are you feeling, like what's your comfort level with the Raps going into the playoffs this year compared to seasons past? Because I think it has very much been a thing in the past where like it's sort of like a manufactured confidence it's like hey look at that net rating it's so good of course the rappers are gonna hold up look at that bench it's so great of course it's gonna work in the playoffs and maybe it's just like a bit of trying to talk yourself into the team last year i think it was somewhat warranted because the team was so insanely good over the course of the whole season but of course some of the things they're really good at just aren't really translatable to the playoffs and then also lebron was there um how are you feeling comfort level going into this playoff run with the Raps? Like, is there anything nagging at you that's, like, poking you in the back and you're like, eh, I don't like that? Or is it just, like, a calm confidence that the Raps are going to just kind of go into the playoffs and be able to do what they do? Um, I feel I feel very confident in this team. Um, I do expect them to make it through the first two rounds. And then, obviously, uh, I think if they get to the conference finals, it'll be a dogfight against... Uh, whether it's the Bucks or the Celtics, who I expect to beat the Pacers. Um, uh, yeah, so the fact that my expectation is that they'll be in the conference finals is, I think, better than years past. Um, although I did I, I, I did pick the Raptors to beat the Cavaliers last year. Um, mm. So that was... Um, seeing them get swept was something that I could not have imagined going in so we'll have to see it again this time around what if, there, if there is one thing that I'm looking for in the postseason it's those moments when you know uh, uh, Kawhi is trapped and they take the force they force the ball out of his hands how how, how do Lowry rea- how does Lowry Gasol and Siakam react to that you know are they are they what we've seen so far uh, over the 20-ish games since the trade mm-hmm yeah, this playoffs is like very much making. I think everyone have to like recalibrate how they evaluate things because there is no LeBron to like gum up the works, right? Like LeBron and those Cavs teams were so hard to evaluate because of the, like the switch flipping and because playoff LeBron, you forget every single year how good playoff LeBron is and how it kind of changes the calculus and how the Raptors very obviously had some sort of like mental bugaboo when it came to the Cavs. As much as I don't like you know, ascribing that to somebody. It was very obviously there after that game one, and then the fact that they talked about game one for the rest of the series, I didn't account for that happening when I predicted the Raptors to win that series. I did the same. I was like, they're just better than this Cavs team. The Cavs almost lost to the Pacers. I don't think it was crazy to suggest that the Raps were a better team, and I think they were a better team than the Cavs were. Just whatever it was about that game one, missing all those tip-ins at the end and just, like, never being able to get past it, whether it was, like, a coaching thing because Dwayne Casey kept on harping on it or because the players just felt it themselves. Like, that's the kind of thing that you just couldn't really calculate for when you were trying to, like, evaluate the two teams against one another. And that doesn't exist this year. And maybe you could argue that Giannis is, like, the is shaping up to be the next guy who's like that, who's that, that, that next bugaboo, that next, like, insurmountable mountain of a man. But I don't think that's really 
true yet because he's not the same, you know, all-encompassing, you know, shooting monster that LeBron was. And there are ways to get around it. And like, I'm not saying it's easy by any means. And the Bucks very well could make it to the finals, but their team doesn't inspire the same sort of fear in me that the, that LeBron's teams did. And I, it's really, really weird to feel good about the Raptors going into the playoffs, man. Like I, I felt good last year. The Wizards series, I know some people were like, oh, they only they had to go to six against them. It was like, that series was never really close, I didn't think. Like, I thought the Raps were always kind of in control of that series. Um, but that Cavs series was just so impossible to, like, evaluate properly because of whatever sort of demons were going on in the Raps' heads after that first game. That it is weird going into this playoffs and not having to sort of think about that element right where it's like oh yeah but they just are mentally incapacitated by the celtics or like that just doesn't exist so i because that isn't there i feel way more i guess at ease just looking at the numbers and looking at the talent and looking at how the team has looked over the last little while and saying like yeah this team should make it to the conference finals at least and making it to the finals wouldn't be surprising to me at all and i it's gross feeling like that because usually the playoffs are like just about ulcers and feeling terrible and losing game ones. I just I don't think that's going to be the same problem for the Raps this year, and it's alarming to say the least. Yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of glad to be done with that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love um, a good ulcer in the playoffs, man. It's great. I'm sure the Leafs will offer those for me this year, so I, I will have my share of ulcers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't think anyone could have accounted for J.R. Smith shooting 80% from three for the series either. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that was just a weird series. You know, I, I, you know, if if there was an alternate universe where you could see how the series plays out, if the Raptors do take that game one, um, they might win it. Nice. <laughs> like they what were that, that that Cavs team was shit. They might win that series. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It was just so weird. I mean, the fact that. Both the Celtics and the Pacers were able to take them to a Game Seven, and the Raptors couldn't even get a game. Um, it's it's just uh, mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. So, but um, but hey, if that's what sparked all these changes to get to the team that the Raptors have now, uh, um, you you take the good with that bad. And so now I think you know you've got a team that maybe doesn't have uh, the weight of that past. And you've got guys like Kawhi and Danny who won uh, a championship. You've got Marcus Ole who's playoff tested. You've got, um, you know, Siakam who seems to be getting better by the minute. Uh, so I think this is a team that's constructed better, um, that has a lot more, uh, I guess, just uh, calmness about them individually. Where you know you can you you can get the ball them in certain situations and not always have to rely on your you know maybe one or two stars um depending on who shows up on the night so there's a lot more to believe in um and especially the way the raptors have played this season it i feel like it's been more in tune with playoff basketball Mm -hmm. um and you know I i think the one thing uh that also gets forgotten about last season is you know i i think people look at it last postseason and say oh you know we, we saw that the bench doesn't matter the bench doesn't matter and I mean sure it doesn't matter as much as it does in regular season because you're trying to get through 82 games but I thought you know the, the reason it went six was because Van Vliet 
was injured and then yeah. when he came back you, you saw the Raptors look in complete control and then the other thing that people forget about is if you look at um, the Cavs uh, LeBron completely changed his sort of subbing in and subbing out to adjust to the Raptors mm-hmm. um, in that Pacer series you know he was, he was uh, pretty much playing the entire first quarter and then he rest through the first six-ish minutes of the second and come back in and close the quarter um, whereas with the Raptors he was playing, you know, maybe to the eight, nine minute mark of the first. And then he was coming in to start the second quarter because of how good that bench unit is. Mm-hmm. So they recognized that that was a thing. So um, so I, I think that that was a bit overlooked as well. Um, now, so now this year, you know, obviously you expect the staggering to happen between, um, you know, Nurse has already said it's going to be two of uh, Kawhi, Kyle, uh, Siakam and Gasol on the court at all times um, and so that should lend to a bit more star power if you will to get you through those seasick moments as uh, Eric Spolster likes to call them and then that that's what gives me the most confidence yeah I think the notable lack of like very obvious open sores for teams to poke at is the thing that also gives me a lot of belief that this team's way different like everyone's good at defense that is important like you can't have actively bad defenders you can have cj miles being like a key part of your rotation if you don't want that to be kevin love (laughs) exactly like you don't want that to be something that can be constantly poked at by an opposing team and yeah og's had his offensive struggles this season but like his defense has been better than it's ever been and even like norm very like stout solid defender he's gonna jump passing lanes he's gonna create turnovers like all of these guys are good at the defensive end at the very least, and most of them are way beyond good, which, like, for me, yeah, maybe the team doesn't have, like, a set identity or anything like that, but their identity is just, like, no holes, I think, is maybe just sort of the the way I look at them, and I think that's the most viable playoff identity a team can hope for, because most of the time, your identity is going to be attacked in the playoffs and turned against you, if, if at all possible, and the Raps' lack of one, I think, is kind of a virtue. So, um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Also, let me, we'll wrap after this, but Nick Nurse. I I feel like he's done a really good job managing the end of the season. There were the ups and downs, obviously, over the course of the middle of the year. And maybe that was, you know, in part due to injuries and not having guys available or whatever it was. Um, but I think he's done a really good job lately of just kind of managing it all. He's not overworking guys. He's getting guys run. I loved when he kept the bench lineup in, like the, the, the victory cigar lineup in late in the Magic game, even though the Magic were threatening. Um, and just was like, yeah, I don't. we're just going to let them do it and figure it out and not go too nuts in trying to win this game. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like he's done a pretty good job. And I guess the big question with him is always going to be, is he better at the things Dwayne Casey was bad at in the playoffs? And we won't know that until the playoffs come around, but what's your confidence level in Nurse being able to sort of improve upon the things that Casey struggled with in his previous years as the Raps coach in the playoffs? I feel pretty good uh, about Nurse. Um, 
you know, the flexibility that he's shown, the open-mindedness that he's shown to try different things. Um, I think that will bode well for the Raptors in the postseason. And, um, you know, I think Kyle Lowry uh, uh, sort of... Uh, made it made an interesting point on the Danny Green inside the Green Room podcast, which you can catch on Yahoo Sports Canada, um, when he talked about you know when whenever there's the issues facing the team or whatever it is, Nick Nurse is sort of you know hey, we'll figure it out, we'll get through this. He's he's very calm in his approach, um, and I think that's something that bodes well. I think that's something that uh, um, that you know the team sort of takes into their mindset when he's always like, yeah, we'll figure this out. Um, yeah, we'll move on to the next one. You know, you don't get caught up in uh, little things. And maybe that that's something even last season where, you know, you talked about game one being brought up again and again and again. And maybe that's something that's out of their mind now uh, where, you know, you just move on to the next one, move on to the next play. Um, and that's the mindset you need in the playoffs. You can't get caught up in those moments. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in Nurse, obviously. Um, if, if he goes up against... Uh, say, you know, uh, Mike Budenholzer, who has that experience edge on him, um, then Brad Stevens has the experience edge on him as well. That would be interesting to see. So, um, uh, I, But at the very least, again, I do expect them to make the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have to do a mouth fart sound anytime Brad Stevens is brought up on the podcast. Cause that's that's he, fair. He deserves that it. Would, that um, would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about Nurse too. I know... People have their gripes with him, but I do think he's kind of taken the approach that I think Kawhi was taking and that the regular season is 82 practices, and sometimes in practice, you're going to do stuff that you're not going to use in a game. You're going to see if it works in, a, in, in practice, and then maybe you'll apply it to a game if it really, really stands out, and I kind of think some of the weird lineup stuff, now that I look back on the season, maybe like him rolling with things that didn't work for sort of a long time was just a matter of like, hey, maybe we can milk something out of this. If, if not, at least we know for sure this doesn't work. And we have a lot of stuff that on paper should really work. And I think maybe instead of getting a lot of time with the lineups that sort of on paper should have been awesome, I think maybe his approach was try to get as much time with the stuff that we know isn't going to work so we can absolutely rule that stuff out. And then the stuff that should work because of all the talent involved will just roll it in the playoffs. And, and, you know, so maybe it was just sort of those fringy lineups that he was maybe working on. And I, I, I feel pretty good. I think the biggest thing Casey did or didn't do in the playoffs is he was so reactive, right? And it, was, it would take him a game to figure something out. And when he would figure it out, it usually worked pretty well. That Bucks series always comes to mind, right? Where it's like, oh, yeah, now we're just going to start Norm and take Jonas out, and we're just, we've just solved the series because the Bucks can't do anything to counter this, and that worked, and it saved the series. But I do feel like his his adjustments were always a little bit slow, and Nurse, I feel like, is very unafraid to make a quick adjustment, and within games, he, he doesn't have a set rotation he's trying to adhere by, right? So he's very okay with like, oh yeah, fuck it, let's just do this, and let's play Pascal at center for a little bit and let's play two point guards with Danny Green as the three or whatever. Um, And I think he's a lot more open to just like, all right, this isn't working and they're trying to do something to us. Let's counter it. And I think the tools he has available to them as well, in fairness, it's not like Dwayne Casey had all of these amazing defensive wings he could throw out and this version of Pascal Siakam to throw out either, right? Like he was kind of dealing with a limited chest in terms of weapons and like Nurse is so loaded with guys who have 
varying skills, who can play multiple spots, who can fit with different guys, that he's kind of got a luxury there, right? Like any adjustment he makes, he's going to be doing it with really potent weapons. And I think that is uh, is a big advantage as well. So it's not entirely on Casey. I don't want to slag Casey too much because I think he was a very good coach. It's just the things that he lacked, I think Nurse is kind of equipped to not fall into those same patterns. So I'm feeling pretty good. We actually turned this into a podcast after uh, a listing for a segment in which we mostly just looked at NBA.com stats and tried to find filters. We, uh, I'm glad we had this talk. I feel good now. I'm feeling pretty confident. And uh, how many t- how many days left? Ten days till the playoffs? Just get there, man. Just just get there. No injuries. Yeah. Stay away from Bam Adebayo when they play the Heat. Um, and uh, that's pretty much all I need. Vivek, anything that you'd like to plug right now? No, just look out for my work on Yahoo Sports Canada. Um, that's and follow me on Twitter at Vivek M Jacob. That's about it. You were on the pod with Will, right? At one point this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, that that'll be a regular thing. I'll I'll be on uh, the Raptors Over Everything podcast with Will. Uh, pretty much after every game, uh, unless he's traveling with the team. Hmm. Right on. So, yeah, that'll be a regular thing. Sweet, man. That's great. Uh, so make sure you listen to that podcast. After you listen to every single episode of Locked on Raptors, then go listen to Raptors over everything. Um, but I'm sure it's very good. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. The last or the second to last post in the Kawhi Leonard disdaining bracket is going up today, Wednesday. Uh, the semifinals, it's very good. Myself and Jay Rosales, we went deep on the last uh, two matchups before the finals, so make sure you check that out. And I'm going to be doing another episode of How Hungry Are You in Review with Katie Heindel later. We're going to talk about the Jeremy Lin episode where uh, Serge and Jeremy Lin ate stinky food and talked for like 20 minutes. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll wrap up the week with some other odds and ends I'm sure and maybe more milestone talk or I don't know <laughs> just stay tuned it'll be fun I'm sure <laughs> and uh, that's gonna do it thank you so much for tuning in please subscribe rate review iTunes Stitcher Spotify Google Play Himalaya as well the brand new podcast app where you can personally curate your own podcast playlist and uh, that will be all we'll talk to you next time on Locked on Rafters hey Prime members you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music Download the Amazon Music app today.